last time on Almost Heroes. We pick up inside of Luther, now Bryn's Legends Hall, waking up from a long rest after an exhausting night full of lore. Glenn wakes up to find Bryn cleaning and repairing the hall with the help of Madge. We head into the Matic Tavern for some breakfast ales and to hatch plan uh, for where to go next. Glenn bravely tested Tom with coming up with a new drink, which luckily turns out to be drinkable this time. Pops contacted Glenn through his clockwork earwig and asked to see Rangrim, to whom he gave a small star metal ring that can be bound to and pulled metal items. Deciding to head towards the coast in search of the Dusk Forge, we headed west out of Tintown. On the way, we came across a caravan of wagons driven by the previous refugees of the Boulderfist Mine, on their way to stock up on some fresh DOS dogs to sell. Fresh is uh, up still in question, but we also made a quick detour through Whitport for a little roll and talk with Cedric to catch up on current events and to ask him to task him with some new lore to begin researching. As the sun started to set and we were looking for a place to camp that night, a magical darkness enveloped the wagon and Cosmo was swept into the air by two giant bat-like creatures. High up in the sky, Cosmo used a command spell to force the bat to drop him from over 100 feet in the air, leaving him plummeting to the forest below. And that is where we left off. Awesome. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 36, High Profile. Uh, we pick up with our almost heroes traveling east around the Von Hurst Lock, searching for the fabled Dust Forge. Uh, while looking for a place to make camp for the night, uh, their car was plunged into the said magical darkness, and Cosmo was swept high into the air. Uh, by two giant, uh, undead-looking, bat-like creatures. Uh, he then magically commanded the monster to let him go, uh, basically had been holding him by the shoulders. And uh, Cosmo found himself following from over 100 feet uh, in the air towards the forest below. So, Cosmo, you, uh, you've been released by this creature. You're falling at this point. Like you can, you can look up and you can see that these monsters are like above you and they seem to be kind of going into like a little bit of a dive uh, kind of moving around, but that you're, the distance you're between you and them is, is quite astronomical at this point. You're now looking down, seeing that you're probably uh, maybe 60 feet uh, between you and the ground. Uh, what do you do? So I'm 60 feet. Um, how are there trees? It's a, it's a forest, yeah. right? Yeah, it's um, a, just a forest below you. Okay. Um, so how far am I till the trees? You're probably about, I mean, you're, you're falling quickly. We're kind of going into bullet time now, but I'll say that, like, by this time, you're about 60 feet from the ground. Okay. Um, so, and I, I, what I'll do is kind of shifting as I'm falling, I'm kind of looking down into uh, the trees, kind of looking, fixating mostly on, like, um, looking for, like, a big branch or something that kind of extends out. Um, and uh, do I see one? Yeah, so, um, I mean, how, you're, so you're waiting until you... Uh, so roll me a perception check, sure. actually. I shall. Oh, terrific. One. No. Two. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, quite quite the opposite. Three. It's a 16. Okay, um, I'll say that, you know, you're falling at pretty 
pretty quick clip, um, but you do see that there is, uh, I mean, for the best of your ability to see, you can see that there are like some exposed branches of these trees. Like these are some old growth trees. They're a little bit, uh, you're, you're kind of deep into the forest now. You can kind of see the Von Hurst lock extending to your left and then kind of the road you've been traveling on to your right, you're high enough up that, you know, you're, you're getting a good vantage point, uh, but you're quickly coming down to these trees and you're seeing that like, yeah, there's, there seems to be some big exposed branches uh, from area to area. As I kind of see like a big branch, um, I actually misty step to it. Okay, um, so what I need you to do is uh, I need you to roll me a uh, dexterity saving throw. Sure. I don't know how speed correlates with, you know, uh, yeah, teleportation, so but uh, let's see. Oh, dude, crushed it. Twenty-three. Okay, um, so yeah, so with the twenty-three, you uh, basically are able to. So as you're right as you're about to misty step, you actually feel like you can hear this like wind whistling as this bat-like creature was die bombing to actually grab you again. And like as you misty step out of the way, you basically like disappear this thing flies through the smoke um in that 30 foot distance and you kind of like land with way more like very glen like agility on this branch and you're kind of like uh, like kind of balancing on it with your feet you don't land on it hard on your stomach or anything like that you're like actually like standing on this branch that's probably far too narrow uh for you and your plate mail armor um and so uh, you're now balancing on this thing uh and you see this bat kind of like swing uh swoop past you and kind of like flap its wings to get back up into the air uh, screeching and is now kind of like looking around for you uh, in the in the forest um, it doesn't seem to actually see you and it kind of like lifts back up again trying to get a better vantage point you can see both of them kind of circling the forest at this point um, uh, as I like I'm like I kind of like quickly run you know move in down the branch to the center of the tree uh, to like grab onto it He's, okay. So you're holding on to like this, uh, this trunk old... now, kind of walk, yeah. you know, headed towards the very stable center part, um, to hopefully begin making my way down the tree. Okay. Yeah. I'll say that you're probably a good, um, let me see. Yeah. Let's say that honestly, you're probably a good 40 feet up, uh, in this tree right now. No, 20 feet up. Um, so Rangrim and uh, Glenn, you just saw uh, Cosmo plummet uh, seemingly uh, to his doom in this uh, forest that's probably like a good like half mile from you, a quarter to a half mile, uh, kind of further towards the coast and then uh, off into the, tr- into the forest to the left. Uh, what are you all doing to try to like go forward with this? Uh, since I was driving the cart, I would be kicking off the horses again if he if they if he got that far from when i pulled the reins then yeah i would just have kicked him off again i i assume too that you probably like were heading that direction kind of like before you started seeing him fall like as they were heading off in that direction i can kind of like i would assume that you probably were following trying to stay with them as much as possible yeah yeah so the way it uh, the way we ended last time i thought we he picked him straight up but if they had like carried out we would have been following him the whole time absolutely okay um, yeah, so at this point, uh, roll me, um, so Glenn, whoever, or whoever is actually in charge of the, you know, Cologne and Champagne on the cart, uh, roll me a animal handling check. Mm, I think that would be me, because I was technically driving. Uh, don't fuck me, horses. 16 total. Um, actually, that's pretty good. So I think that 
you're not pushing them too hard, um, but Kalogne and Champagne are listening to you. So they're not, uh, they're, they're heading at their, you know, their steady pace. Uh, but they're, you're definitely kind of losing ground. Like these things long since moved quicker than you did, uh, but you are heading in that direction. But it's going to take you a little bit of time to get there, unless Rangram, uh, you have anything you want to do to help speed the cart up? I don't have anything that I could do that would okay. speed up that process. Okay. Uh, no worries. So, uh, Cosmo, um, you have made your way to this tree and about 20 feet up in the air. What are you doing? Um, how far are one of those bats from me? They're circling probably another 15 to 20 feet up in the air, uh, above the, where you're at. So they're kind of circling the area where you fell. Okay. Um, and then down below me, obviously I'm in the tree do I see like the road or so you see a small you don't see the main road you're you're far enough into the trees you're probably a good hundred feet off of the road yeah. but there is like what seems like an old path like an old cart path of some sort that is kind of down uh maybe just below you you know just down below your tree kind of uh, curving through this that does seem to head you would assume back out to the road direction like okay. the main road um all right. Being outnumbered and outwinged here, uh, Cosmo's going to try and... Because the, clearly they are looking for me right now. Seem does seem to be. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and climb down the tree. Okay. Um, we'll go with stealthily. Okay, so... <laughs> I know that that's me. not necessarily in my... Uh, tool kit but we'll give it a shot it's super cool i need a stealth a stealth at disadvantage and then i need a uh athletics check from you okay all right uh we'll go with the stealth first get that one out of the way terrific that would be an 11 for my stealth it's actually not bad well i rolled a 19 on my first one so you know <laughs> that'd have been quiet as i don't know and then um what was the other one uh athletics check an athletics check uh oh yeah good for that one pole climb we got a 24 for that one okay awesome uh so i'll say that you're sliding down this tree and i think because like you're kind of in the basically you're kind of covered by branches uh until about halfway down it so i'll say that yeah because of your your strength check your athletics check you're able to like hold on to this tree and you are definitely like making some scraping noises coming down this thing knocking some bark off some small branches uh but you are able to make your way down to the ground um as you do it does uh you can actually hear that these these things are kind of coming a little bit lower and you see one of them land probably like 30 feet away from you on the ground and is kind of like looking around and smelling. Uh, you can now see that this creature is like, it looks like a massive bat the size of like probably a good 30, like 20 to 30 foot wingspan. And it just looks like it is muscle and bone is like exposed and the sinew is like, it just seems like it's dry. And this, like, it, it just looks like 
wrong. It doesn't look right. It looks like this thing was like a monstrous bat at some point in time. And it's just like decomposing and falling apart. Um, mm. As this thing moves, it makes like a cracking noise as if like it is just, you know, barely holding together. Yeah. Uh, so. um, and then as it lands, uh, I'm going to use my divine sense uh, to detect um obviously i think i have an idea of whether or not it's good or evil but i want to know if this thing is like a fiend or an undead mm-hmm. um so if i yeah. basically to detect also any hollow like spell or anything like that you this thing uh, necromantic energy is flying off this thing uh, okay. and it is absolutely undead okay i will also say uh, roll me a uh, arcana check Okay. Or a religion check, whichever one you would prefer. Uh, both have plus zero, so uh, it is a strong four. Okay. So. For uh, let's just go Arcana. I'll say that there's something about this that's familiar to you. That's all I'm gonna give you. Yeah. Okay. That's I could have I couldn't imagine if I rolled better on that one. You gave me that on a four. Oh yeah. gosh. I mean there was there's definitely could have been a little bit a little bit more information, but hey, you know what? You you're like, huh, this is this is weirdly familiar. Um and as you're thinking that, you see this thing's head just kind of like it's smelling the air and its head just kind of whips towards you and its eyes are just like these they look like red, like burning like pits, like like embers in each of their eyes, and it looks over to you and it just like mouth opens up unnaturally wide, these like fangs and exposed like decomposing uh like gums and whatnot are just kind of like open in this nasty rasping screech uh that it puts in your direction um i need for you to make me a constitution saving throw oh yeah i do those real good too oh yeah that is a 14 plus 8 so 22 okay uh, okay, so you feel this uh, screech just wash over you and you're able to kind of shrug it off. Uh, you do take five damage of psychic damage as this like screech just kind of like you can feel your like whole head just kind of start to shake uh, as and like almost a little trickle of blood starts coming out of your ear as this thing just like bursts one of your eardrums. Um, as it, it clearly knows where I'm at. Um... Uh, I whip one of my uh, light axes at its okay. face. Um, so with that, we're going to go into initiative. Uh, Rangrim and Glenn, uh, you just reached. You basically got to a point. Actually, roll me, uh, Glenn, do you, uh, if you want to roll a perception check and then also uh, survival checks from both of you. Uh, perception is a 22. Survival is a 2. And did you just need a survival from me? You can do both of them if you'd like, um, but I'll take your passive if it's uh, if you roll lower than that for your reception. Uh, you can just you can just take my passive. Okay. So that was only an eleven for survival. Okay. So with both of your perceptions, uh, you all have a pretty good idea of where you saw Cosmo fall. So you've kind of like lined yourself up. You're 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 riding this cart like you know at your, your steady donkey pace along the edge on the road and you're like looking for a way into this forest that you know could potentially like take you in deeper without actually having to ford through the trees um and you you come across this this little path then with the survival check um 
you head in on uh, on one of these roads, but you're not making it. it it's, it's like it, your speed has slowed down because you're just having a hard time, like making your way through this forest. Um, you're, you know, there's branches down. You're just having a really hard time like getting out and like having to move things out of the way. This is clearly not a pathway that is uh, utilized very often. Uh, sure. But you see these these creatures, at least one of them right now, kind of like circling over the trees and then you see one of them kind of dive down into the into where you saw uh you think you saw cosmo fall um so you all are getting closer at this point uh so cosmo roll me uh roll me initiative oh okay i'll actually take initiatives from uh rangram and glenn as well just to have them uh initiative for me is a 12 tight 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 rangram got a four glenn rolls a lot 23 no 22 so, uh, Cosmo, I'm going to give you uh, that throw that acts as a surprise round. So roll me a range attack with your hand axe. Okay. It's a uh, 15 to hit. Okay. Uh, that does hit. Cool. Um, so I whip this thing in the face for seven damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you throw, this a- you throw this hand axe and it kind of like glances off like the side of their face and as it does like you see that like this like partially decomposing like bat ear that kind of like is sticking off of this it like almost just skins like the skin and the sinew off the side of this thing's head just like exposing the skull and bone beneath uh just kind of like the skin just kind of slops off as your axe like glances to the side uh and just lands maybe a good you know 10 feet behind the creature uh, and with that, it just screeches at you, and on all fours, like on its wings and on its uh, on its legs in the back, it just kind of like fully just dives at you into a charge, uh, covering the distance pretty quickly, uh, and it is going to go in for a bite attack. So that first one is going to be a 21 to hit, a 15 plus 6. Yeah, that hits. Okay. It's going to be, come on. woo a good one uh 12 damage uh as it it basically dives at you and just like catches you on the shoulder with its its jaws and it's just like shaking you and it's it's these sharpened like elongated fangs just kind of like find holes through your armor and like gaps between the mail and just like digs into the meat beneath there um and as it's 12 damage 12 damage okay Uh, And as it's doing that, you can kind of hear a whistling noise as this bony tail comes whipping around from the side uh, and is trying to, uh, is trying to, like, just completely slash you across the back of your head. Uh, I don't think that one's going to get you, though. That is only a uh, 13 to hit, so that is going to miss. But, uh, so this thing glances kind of uh, impotently off the back of your armor, but you feel this, like, bone just, like... (sighs) scratch on the back of your armor um, as this thing still has you in its jaws Um, and as that is happening you see the other one kind of reacting to the screech uh, come kind of like circling lower and lower as well Um, Cosmo it is your turn Um, am I the bite am I grappled now you're not grappled okay all right Uh, I just want to clarify Mm -hmm. Um, as this thing uh let me see. As this thing like is trying to bite me, um, and I do, I hear the other one coming. Uh, yes, it seems to be. Uh, you can hear the flapping of its wings, kind of displacement of air, and it seems to be coming towards you. Okay. Uh, Cosmo is just gonna say, 
like uh, the one in front of him, not the one that I can hear the wings. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna say, "Go on, get!" And then uh, he's going to cast a command on it. Okay. Go on, get. A white go fang on, get that, now. A white fang, that thing. Just come on, go on, get, get out of here. And uh, he needs to make a wisdom saving throw. It's gonna be a twelve plus one. Don't think does it. No, that does not do it, unfortunately. So now he has to uh, spend its turn moving away from me by the fastest available means. Okay. Uh, which, <laughs> so you're yelling at the one, you're, you're yelling to go on get to the one that was coming at you? To the one that was biting me. I don't know where, okay. the, other, the, I don't know where the other one is, okay. but um, the one that was engaged with me. Okay, yeah, uh, so you basically, uh, this thing, like, you you hear its teeth kind of slurp out of you as it makes this, like, another screech, but this time it almost out of fear. Okay, um, I need you to make me a, uh, a dexterity saving throw, uh, or sorry, a strength saving throw with advantage. Strength saving throw with advantage. As it starts, it basically pulls its teeth out of you and starts fully buffeting its wings to get away from you as quickly as it possibly can. You're trying to keep your footing. How's a nat 20 for a 27 do you? I feel great that I've utilized, I've used one of your nat 20s up today. Um, (laughs) So yeah, uh, you're basically able to hold yourself, kind of lean into this thing uh, with your anger and your pain that you're feeling right now as this thing's like wings start beating and like buffeting the ground, like dust flying up and uh, it moves away from you and is kind of uh, flying up in the air again uh, and you cannot see it because it is over the trees. Uh, Glenn and Rangram, you can see it and you're able to uh, roll me... Uh, roll me two more. Each of you roll me survival checks. Natural uh, 20, sir. There you go. Got a big old eight on a survival cool. check. So you know that's good. It's definitely a bat, a winged one at that. Ranger, this is just kind of, uh, you're you're able to see uh, this creature kind of come up above the tree level and are able to like realize there's a small, uh, you were on the wrong path and there's a pathway just to your right that's kind of connecting you directly to this other path as well. Um, so you're able to kind of get yourself onto the correct one and uh, you will, like, you know that you're probably less than 100 feet away uh, from what is going on and it can actually hear uh, Cosmo struggling with these creatures. Um, so, oh uh, yeah, I'll say that you're able to, uh, you're kind of like trying yes. to, you're trying to orient yourself really quickly because you can't see, like you fall into this, you're, you're trying to figure out which direction is which, you know, you can't see the sky, you can't see the water, you can't see anything. So you're trying to orient yourself. You're like, okay, I think this is the right way. And you start heading uh, to the, uh, to the right here along this pathway, um, utilizing your, uh, yeah, so it's going to be going this way. Oh, that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's going to be your way out. Um, so, uh you were right here. So one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So, okay. I mean, you're able to pretty much make it to the, to right here. And okay. as you're coming, as you're coming out, uh, heading this way, you actually hear Rangrim and, uh, Glenn in this cart, uh, just kind of, they, they basically, you guys kind of collide with each other almost, uh, at mm-hmm. this point where you're trying to head that way and they're coming in. Um, and as that's happening, uh, cause that was the end of your turn, right? Cosmo. Um, I'm obviously at this point, um, do I see the other one? Uh, if the if if your turn is over, uh, then well, you no, might no, just... no, like because I have a bonus action and I want to use it. Okay, um, so roll me, roll me a perception check then. Okay, with disadvantage because you're running away. Okay. Oh well, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, it's a two. 
Okay, so you're focusing on, you're trying to figure out, you're orienting yourself, you're running like down this path, you kind of see Rangram and Glenn uh, heading towards you in this cart. Um, you're not okay. really paying attention to, uh, you don't know whether the monster is behind you or not Okay. Um, with everything that's going on. Do you want to use um, your bonus no, action? Uh, no, what I'll do is um, in my movement, if I'm like running, I would have like kind of ducked into the trees to try and get some cover. I'm not trying to hide you know, as far as sound goes, but just create another barrier where hopefully they can't get to me or whatever. Okay, uh, perfect. So as you're, uh, as you're kind of running and you run into, I'm going to put Rangrim and Glenn on the map now, um, and it is going to be Rangrim's turn next if you want to prepare. Um, Cosmo, as you're running to try to take cover behind this tree, uh, you hear that kind of like whistling noise of something moving quickly through the air. Um, and you realize that there's one of these creatures literally coming straight at you down this pathway, trying to dive on you. Um, and it is going to, I'm going to give it a uh, disadvantage on this attack because you've kind of ducked behind this tree, uh, but it is basically going to try to just grab you from the back again and scoop you high into the air. Those are so bad. Um, this thing flies, uh, basically flies at you and flies past you and barely like, just kind of like barely misses you and kind of you hear its uh, bony claws kind of snatch the air as it continues past, uh, which is leading them directly at the cart. Um, and at this point, and you feel its tail come snapping back at you, Cosmo, uh, as it kind of whips by. And also misses with that one. I think that's a seven. Uh, and so it does not get you. Uh, and this thing is basically kind of clumsily heading towards the cart at this point, trying to gain altitude before it like collides with these trees. Uh, but it's headed directly at the cart. Rangram, it is your turn. This thing's maybe 15 feet in front of you. Did I um, Did I get a go? I have the initiative 22. You'll, you're at the top of the order. We had already started below you. So you'll be next. Uh, so Rangram is still in full sprint towards this giant bat thing and i'm going to jump he's diving at it in midair i'm gonna cast enlarge on myself and just like goldberg spirit and attempt to just grapple it okay awesome i think i need to do a strength contest with you yes yes and i do believe enlarge gives me advantage or i forget what it is Yes, I have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Sweet. That'll be a 22. Okay. Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, that is... So, I have a 18 plus 4. So, I actually matched you. 22. Um, so, you dive onto this thing. And uh, so, I'll say that you grab onto it. And this thing is basically, it, wrap, it wraps around you at the same time. And because of your weight, there's absolutely no way it can fly off with you. Um, so basically, I think at this point, like, it is, I think you've wrapped your arms around it, but it also, like, has grabbed onto you as well. And it is basically just, like, you guys are kind of stuck in a deadlock. It's just, like, not going anywhere, <laughs> flapping yeah. as, like, we kind of yeah do one and spin around. I'm totally fine with that. Awesome. Um I guess that would be your that would be your full action to do that. Um, so I would say at this point, though, like absolutely, this thing, uh, anyone attacking it will have advantage on it because Rangrim has it grabbed right now, and it's in his big, uh, oversized uh, 
gray dwarf arms uh, as this thing is trying to fly away and is unable to. So, Glenn, it is your turn. You're muted. I'm going to jump on its back and attack with Booming Blade. Cool. I also wanted to mention that the one that I fleed, it only has to do it for the one turn. Okay. Just, That's good to know. Thank um, you. It's not like a fear where it has to save. It it's only burns its next turn or whatever. Awesome. Um, Rangram, I will say that because you guys grappled each other on that, um, you would then, it would have the same, like you have advantage on it because you're holding on to it and all your party would, but the other thing would also have advantage on you. That's, that's fair. I'm, I'm a big old dwarf now. Uh, it was 23 to hit, so mm-hmm. 20 damage total. I'm guessing 23 hits. Uh, uh, it certainly does. And also, so it's, uh, it's going to do some extra damage uh, because of a uh, feature called Brittle. So you do an extra, roll an extra 2d6. Happily. Plus a d8 for the booming blade. Okay. Yeah, just Which would total. be a... So 32 total damage. Okay. Um, yeah, so you... Uh, you so you're saying you jump you jump down onto this thing with your double-bladed scimitar. Uh, well, yeah, so I'm guessing if he, if he is grappling it, it's about Rangrim height. I'm going to jump mm-hmm. off the cart, jump onto its back, stab it, and then as... I'm going to take the rest of my speed to move back to the heart, cart and take the bonus action of hiding and just tuck myself out of the way. Okay. Sounds good. I'm actually going to make Rangrim bigger here real quick. It's a 23 for my stealth check for what it's worth. Big boy Rangrim. Mm. There we go. Did he enlarge? Oh, yes, um. Yeah, he used enlarge. Nice. So you you all are you all are all kinds of entangled right now. Um just can't can't stop doing that Luther voice at this point after doing it for an entire entire session. Episode, yeah. That's awesome. Um sweet, awesome. So Rad. Uh yeah, so that thing just took a butt ton of damage. And I also know that if it moves towards you, it'll take its extra booming blade damage, which I think at if this it, point has it if it has moves it, on its own at all. I think okay. it's a, if it moves away from him at all, or if it just it's moves if it at moves, all, right? If it if it moves from its spot willingly, it is Boomed. Boomed. Gets okay, a, it's cool. going to get a boom to get through. One turn, So if it right? tries to get away from Rangrim. Is it just one turn? It has to be doing it in its next turn? Or is it only last one turn? Uh, my guess would be just that. Yeah, it's one round. Yeah. Sweet. Um, awesome. So as that is going on, uh, this thing is like being held down by Rangrim. Uh, it's kind of struggling to fly and is unable to. Um, Rangrim, you kind of like hear the buffeting of wings above you as this other one moves in to attack and just like completely like both it's like talons first directly at you uh, at your face as you kind of look up uh, at this at this thing that's coming down at you. Um, that first attack is going to probably not hit. Uh, it's using a claw attack on you, which is going to be a uh, 15. Not going to do it. Yet. Uh, that second one is going to, though, that is a 27 to hit. That also does not hit. Because oh, I don't want it to. <laughs> um, so you're looking up at this creature, and it, as its claws come down, and it basically just kind of like swipes uh, swipes you across the face. And Hopefully not my good eye. 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's just nine damage uh, as it kind of sli- it kind of scratches you across the face, not taking out your one good eye. Good. Um, I need you to make a uh, strength strength saving throw uh, with advantage because of your size. I was going to say, do I get double advantage because I'm enlarged? You also get plus four because you're within 10 feet of me. I do. Uh, so that was those were both 16s. So that is okay. two gentlemen's 20s. You're so good. 23. Uh, you can tell that this thing was trying to like knock you off balance, uh, but because of your size and everything that's going on, uh, you don't have a problem staying on your feet. Um, but it is now basically kind of flapping above you and is just kind of like raking you with its uh, with its claws as it kind of hovers, trying to get you to get off of its, its friend. Um, okay, so that's going to bring us to Cosmo. Okay. Um, is the one that ran your lap track? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, is the one that's nearest is sorry. Is the one that Rangrim's holding the one that attacked me, or is the one that is now attacking him? The one that's now attacking him was the original one that attacked you. Okay. Uh, the, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, as the as that kind of comes down, Cosmo is going to try and r- run and kind of like jump over uh, Rangrim and like smash this thing in the head. Okay, Rangrim is six feet tall, or as well, or maybe like even eight feet tall. I thought he point. was like down and grappled. No, no, no. He's holding on to this one, but he's standing. Oh, uh, so he? he's he's like an eight, eight, nine feet tall at this point, I think, because oh, he's okay. four and a half feet generally, and so he's doubled that in every direction. Okay. Well, so that's a hell of a vertical leap. I would love to see you do that, Kobe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Well, you know, Cosmo is a pure athlete. Everyone knows that. He'll do anything for a skull smash if he needs to. You know. <laughs> uh, you could probably try to like run up if you want to do an acrobatics you could probably try to run up the back of rangram or get up him somehow or do some, there's definitely some other ways to potentially get up there but you mm. could also have advantage on the one that he's grabbing and holding down towards the ground if you want to attack that one no i think he feels i think he feels something special for this one that's uh uh out in front of him i guess so actually we're just going to go for it uh, so Cosmo is, okay, so, sorry, I'm trying to, so he's standing, the thing is, like, down on top of him, so I would have to, like, be on his shoulders to hit this thing? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah so you need to get, you need to crawl your way up Rangram, so I would need an acrobatics check from you, uh, to be able to, like, get up to the top of him with your movement. Okay, alright, and then, cool, alright, um. All right, let me just check one other because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cross weird things here and not be able to. <gasps> don't cross the streams. I'm not gonna cross, cross the, streams. the streams. Turns out you're supposed to cross streams all the time. Right. <laughs> um. Crossing streams, the friends we made along the way. Yeah, we're gonna do that. If that's so, not the uh, memory, if that's not your memoirs, I don't. I don't <laughs> crossing <read> them. streams. <laughs> Crossing the streams. Uh, So Cosmo is going to uh, Misty Step up onto this, up onto Rangrim's shoulders. Burning those spell slots, I love it. Oh, that's fine. He's he's feeling feisty. He got dropped 100 feet in the air. I think he earned it. Uh, Roll me a uh, dexterity saving throw. Sure. 
I'm working these dice out tonight. Uh, dexterity saving throw. Another 16. Okay. You're able to uh, land on Rangram's pretty broad shoulders. So now, uh, Rangram, you have a Cosmo parrot. And uh, as as he like gets up there and he's just right in front of the thing's face, he's just, Hello, Ole, it's me again. And he just like smashes his uh, war pick down on this thing's skull, naturally. Awesome. Uh, and, roll me, uh, yeah, roll uh, me that attack or those attacks. Let's see. So it's gonna be uh, a 17 on the first one. And come on. Nope. A, a 23 on the second one. Uh, both of those hit. I need. Uh, I'm gonna look this up real quick, actually. Okay. Am I waiting before I do anything? No, no. Okay. Nope, go for it. Okay. Um, okay, I'll roll some damage here. If something is, uh, no spoilers, but if something is vulnerable to a certain type of damage, does that mean it's like an auto crit or is it double damage? Double damage. Is it double, double the damage. dice or double all damage across the board? The dice, I think. Double. I think it's yeah, almost it's always dice. double the dice. Yeah, because okay. it's like if you're vulnerable to force damage, the dice is the force. The plus is your proficiency or your bonus. Well, Cosmo, you now know that you get to double all of your dice for these attacks that hit. Oh, woof! Double oh, to the brittle. Good, goodbye. Okay. This thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so it's funny that you say that, and I, I'm not trying to, re- I'm not retconning this. I, I swear on my life, because he was committed to this one. Um, he is using a smite. Thank you. I had a feeling. Sorry, I should have said it before, so it didn't feel as weird, but. Um, and it's get un- wrecked, bat thing. Uh, and it's undead, so it gets all the damage. Okay, so I think it turned into powder. He, oh yeah. What, is, what does he say when he smites? I don't know that I have a thing that he. You yeah, shall I pass. Feel like you need to. Uh, smash. I guess I don't know. Smash. 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 Pretty on par with Cosmo. I was like, that's really the only thing that comes to mind. So. So that's thirteen. So twenty-six just from the from the weapon attacks, um, and then the smite. Another eighteen damage. Oh, eighteen damage is the total. With no, no, no. Doubled? So twenty-six plus eighteen is how much damage he takes. Forty-four. So forty-four. Forty-four. Okay. Surprisingly, it is still alive. Dang. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, a, I, I rolled a two and a one on one of my d8s, and I was like, "Dang!" Um, so, okay, so that was both hits. That was both hits. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Cosmo, at the end of your turn. That is it. Okay, uh, Rangram, this bat is going to try to break free from you um, first with a strength contest, which I know you have an advantage on. Ooh, it rolled really good though. Nineteen plus four. That's a twenty-three. He is free, sir. Okay. Um, this thing just starts scra- scratching against, like, your chest and, like, your armor and, like, kind of, like, you, you just kind of, like, have no, no uh, choice but to kind of let it go um, as it does. And it's going to take a couple of uh, uh, claw attacks at you while it's trying to get free. Um, and it's going to have an advantage on these attacks. So that's going to be a 16 to hit for the first one. Uh, that is going to be a 18 plus 6, 24 for the second one. 
Uh, that's going to be 12 damage, and I need you to make a, another strength saving throw with advantage. Strength save. Plus four. 16. 16. Okay, you're able to keep on your feet as this thing kicks off of you with both of its feet as it was scratching you, and you kind of like stumble back like one foot, but you don't actually fall backwards. Uh, so you're still uh, staying on your feet. Cosmo is kind of like Whoa, on your shoulders a little bit, uh, still staying up as he's uh, fighting this uh, one that's been kind of like savaging your face. Uh, so you all are in kind of a fun little situation here. Um, it's and, a terrible uh, it is- game of like uh, <laughs> Twister. <laughs> Rangram, it's your turn. Murder Twister. <laughs> uh, murder Twister. So after that one uh, breaks free from my grasp and claws my face, tries to knock me over, uh, Rangram looks at it and goes, where do you think you're going? And just points at him with the end of his hammer, and I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt with a second-level spell slot. Okay, awesome. Hell yeah. 19 to hit with my spell attack. Uh, absolutely it does. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That's 5d6 with second level grinding bolt. Is this radiant damage too? Yes, it is radiant damage. It's wet, no, does it? Does undead? No, undead. I thought undead take like double damage from radiant. Is that not true? I always, I always think that too. I don't know if it's true though. I don't think that's that. Yeah, but it is five d six. Like holy damage. Five d six. Yeah, I mean, it's still not. Not uh, Jukor. He is our uh, resident rule uh, person. I don't know. Referee. Well, it's only twenty-one damage. Only twenty-one damage. And you're doing it on. The one that was uh, the the one that just kicked off your chest, or the one yeah, above that's your face? the one that I had previously was grappling. Yep. You said twenty two. Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Uh, these things are both uh, both bloodied uh, technically, even though they don't seem to have very much blood in them. But they are like you can see pieces of them falling off as you blast them with this guiding bolt, and like it's illuminated with this uh, radiant light. Uh, and like these pieces of its body are just like kind of falling off. It's just flapping. There's literally just like parts of bone and sinew just kind of falling to the ground. Seems to be less and less of it with every single turn. Okay, so. And uh, that is also correct, Radar. The next attack does have disadvantage on that squishy boy. Advantage. Advantage, yes. And that would be a bad spell if everything that you cast that on then had disadvantage. Yeah, that'd be so bad. You can't, it's glowing, so you can't hit it. Yeah. Oh, it's God, I can't. What? I can't even hit it now. It's so bright. Um, sweet. <laughs> Glenn, it's your turn. Uh, which one looks the most bloodied, but what? not bleeding? The one that Cosmo just smashed uh, rained down bits of bone and pieces and shards of stuff all over Rangrim and Cosmo and uh, kind of just that one looks like it's barely keeping itself flying. Probably only has like at least one side of its face. Okay. And okay. Um, and they they look the same, right? It doesn't seem like one is bigger than the other by any means. Like they're both just as... Oh, they're, they're both the same. Very similar. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Uh, fuck. I have so many things I want to do, but the shiny ones really... <laughs> That's just the next attack, right? It gets advantage on. Right? It's not the next turn. It's... uh. uh before the end of my next turn, tight. Okay, it has advantage. On the I'm going to get weird with set. it. Um, Glenn is going to again what? hiding behind the the cart. He is going to run across Champagne, like oh, th- thanks, sweet girl. And like as I'm guessing, she's just like eating. Just going to mm-hmm. jump off her head, take a step off Rangrim's shoulder, and then jump onto the back of the monster bat that 
is on the left, the one that Cosmo attacked. Okay, great. Tight. Uh, roll me a uh, acrobatics check. Happily. That is a 19 plus 8. That is a 27. Uh, also known as, I think it's going to do it. That's going to work. Tight. Even better. I'm going to take one of the pearls that was previously a dust of dryness, and I'm going to punch into this thing and pop it and make a 15-foot cube of water inside this bat. Okay. Let's go. That's amazing. <laughs> Good luck figuring out how to do damage. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to I'm going to let you roll four d six. I need you to hit first, though. Uh, so roll uh, roll to uh, hit first, I guess. We're going to call this an unarmed strike. Sure. Punching into it with the bead. Uh, 17. Ooh. That does it. Um, so <laughs> so roll, me 40, roll me 46 on your end. Cool. And follow-up question, do I get sneak attack from this? Because technically I would have advantage because Cosmo was just fighting it. Um, well, so you aren't doing sneak attack damage, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add some to these dice. Because you're not technically like you're just shoving your fist into it. Oh yeah, it's not a finesse weapon. You can only sneak attack with a dex weapon, right? That's right. Seven, only seven damage total. Seven damage. Okay. Yeah. Two, 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 one. Okay. So that surprisingly just does it. So you basically you shove this bead into this into this creature's kind of like decomposing like dry it almost reminds you of dock like how like it was an empty like husk almost and so you stick your hand inside it's like this crunchy like decomposed center and like your hand is just immediately covered in this like sickly smelling uh kind of like fluid and crunchy material and you sink your hand deep inside and you crush his bead and you immediately feel your hand go like completely just forced apart and you feel yourself uh i need you to make me a dexterity saving throw blend and you too, Cosmo. And Rangrim, you get it too with uh, advantage. Dexterity saving throw? Yes. Yeah. Everybody just trying to not fall off of me? Not. Uh, actually, Rangrim, because you're so big, I'm going to give you a strength saving throw with advantage for that. I think Siri just rolled for me. Mm. Uh, I got 22. 22. Okay. 18. 18? What'd you get, Cosmo? Oh, yeah. All of it. 22. 23. Um, okay, so this is what happens. You release this bead, you punch it inside of it, you squeeze it, and it bursts. And just in an instant, like, this thing just, this whole situation just kind of explodes. The uh, You see this creature just kind of, like, burst apart into a thousand different pieces as this water just immediately expands in an instant, uh, blasting both Cosmo and Glynn off of this uh, the back of Rangrim, and, or and then just like you guys, guys go flying through the air, um, landing probably a good uh, maybe 10 feet away. You're both able to kind of like land on your feet surprisingly and kind of not uh, land prone. Rangram, you're able to like hold your uh, your footing here and just like as the water kind of presses down on you because that's where it was coming from, soaking you completely with like viscera and also like this insane amount of water. Um, and then as like... The uh, the bat that was in front of you, Rangrim, also gets pushed back a good uh, a good distance, maybe a good like fifteen feet. I'm gonna get this stupid thing out of the way. Um, <laughs> and sorry to end my turn. I'm gonna bonus action hide wherever I got pushed to. Okay. 
Um, nice. And then Rogues. in about a, like after about a, like a second, then you start feeling like these pieces of bone and matter just kind of like start <laughs> raining down from the sky as like water and all this other stuff just kind of like went up in the air and just all kind of comes down and just and splats awful. all around uh, both of you. Um, and uh, yeah, so Rangram, you're standing there. Cosmo, uh, you kind of landed over here a little bit. Glenn, you landed kind of in this direction. And uh, you're, this is kind of your spread now at this point. You can be uh, hiding in the street, Glenn. Um, so 23 to hide. 23 to hide. I mean, you are very much hidden. You kind of fell, you kind of got pushed back sideways back into this tree, kind of grabbed onto a branch, and you're just kind of up in the tree now at this point. So that that is absolutely dead. Um, that is going to bring us to uh, that's actually going to bring us to Cosmo. Cosmo, you've just landed after being kind of water water gunned off of Rangrim's uh, shoulders here, and you're in the trees. This uh, other bat has uh, is kind of like collecting itself after being blasted back about 15 feet. Uh, seems to be absolutely sopping wet. Uh, what do you want to do? Um, seeing its friend or whatever bat companion get dusted. Um, does it? It's 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 his it's his husband. It's like his life partner. <laughs> just destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you didn't know his uh, large unbed uh, undead bats actually mate for life. Yeah, so yeah. you've really Both just in life and after life. A stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little pebble. Mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it trying? Just because they're to... dead doesn't mean their feelings are, Bobby. Come on, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, monster. <laughs> Good. Then that means there's plenty of uh, skull left to smash. Um, Cosmo is going to run over and try and um, hit this smash. thing. Smash. Smash ahead. Smash yeah. ahead. Smash uh, a skull. Go for it. Um, so you're able to move your way over there. And there you go. And uh, attacks. Roll those attacks rolling um right no that doesn't feel strong uh 15 uh yes oh Oh, okay oh well that one's gonna miss that one's a nine does not do it little fall uh but it takes double damage on a hit Uh, double the dice oh good double the dice don't fail me this time. Dice. Well, close. Um, so that's going to be 10 damage. Okay. Uh, it takes that 10 damage and more of it kind of falls off of it. Uh, now that it's kind of wet, it's like less crunchy. It's kind of like this weird, like dry kind of wet mix sound. It's really, it's like a, a bag of like partially wet sand being hit. It's really gross. Cosmo, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Where does Cosmo keep the platinum key on its person? Um, the platinum key, I kind of imagine like in it's like uh, inside of his chest breastplate, um, mm-hmm. like in like a pouch, kind of okay. like so. Awesome. Uh, this thing seems to like turn its like coal, like burning coal eyes on you, Cosmo, with this like look of not like hatred, but just like. It has a drive to like get at you. Uh, that's going to be a eighteen plus five uh, twenty three to attack. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna roll the second one as well, just for good measure. Uh, actually, let me see if I if you uh, I need you to do me a strength saving throw. Oh sure. 
Oh yeah. All of the strength saving. Um, a 25. Okay. Uh, so this thing comes at you with its claws and just like rakes these claws across you and seems to be kind of like driving at you, trying to, uh, basically just like knock you off balance and you're able to hold your footing and, and stand stand firm. Uh, that's going to be 12 damage, a plus four for that, uh, for the actual damage from that claw. The secondary one, holy shit, that's a nat 20. Dang. Um, its tail whips around and it is going to try to like literally wrap around you with its tail, which is also going to do damage. Um, that's going to be... That's a shitty roll. Uh, six damage, and I need you to make me another strength saving throw. Six damage total? Yes. Hold on here. So 12 plus six then. So 18 damage total for that round. And I need another strength saving throw? Yes. Oh, yeah. Feeling feeling spicy. 20. 20. Okay, this thing's tail wraps around you and tries like pulling your feet out from underneath you. Uh, but so now it's like basically on you and it's scratching you from the front and its tail is kind of wrapped around your body. You're not grappled, but it is like around you. This thing is absolutely trying to uh, tear you apart. Rangram, it's your turn. Okay. Um, so Cosmo is, is he actually like grappled by its tail right now? He's not grappled by it, but it is uh, It is all about Cosmo currently. It's all about Cosmo. Well, I'm going to keep it simple. And Ramgrim's going to be like, hey, dickhead. And I'm going to cast a third level Guiding Bolt at this one. Okay. All right. Ooh, that's good. Nice. 27 for that guiding bolt. How does it die? Oof. Uh, Rangrim sees it. I dig it. Leave my friend alone. And basically just points his hammer at him and it just Jesus beams light <laughs> right out of his hammer. Jesus beams. <laughs> I don't think he did that, but that's fair. <laughs> and it, yeah, just, just he, it he blows a hole the Bible. Like, clear through it. Like it doesn't explode. He just goes pew, and it just blows a hole clean through it. It's more like a Frieza I, death ray. I, yeah, I, I I can almost see it like um like Cosmo. This thing is like wrapped around you and just like scratching at you. And then there's like beam of light from behind you just like blast this thing. And then you just see like it kind of just like get pulled apart as in like disintegrate in front of your face as it just like this beam is just like way too powerful for it and just rips it apart. Um and like just the, all these pieces of it just kind of like go flying past uh, in front of you and then you're just kind of left uh, standing there and turn around and Rangrim's like pointing his. Uh, pointing his hammer at you and has uh, has cleared this thing off of you. Um, and yeah, you all are now out of combat deep in the woods uh, near the Von Hurst lock. What do you do? Um, uh, Rengrim would look at any of the remains that have like fallen. I'm going to go into my pouch and bring out the last little bit of what I think we had referred to as Necrocaine. Which was the dust from one of those like creepy yep. guys that were talking about the tattered lord? Yep. yep. And uh, Rangrim is smelling the remains of these things as well as the. I know how this looks, giving the context, but the necrocane. And I want to know: uh, do do I do, do they smell like the same kind of undead funk? <laughs> so I'll say that you, you, probably... you don't do cocaine. You just like the way it smells, right? <laughs> yeah, Rangrim doesn't do that. So I'll say that, honestly, I think you're probably the perfect person to do this. For one thing, you had the the remains of those, uh, what I'll call tattered soldiers. 
as well as you have the heightened sense of smell smell because of the uh, item that Constable mm-hmm. Hunter gave you. And you know that this thing absolutely, I'm not even going to make you roll for it, this absolutely is uh, similar. And as you're looking down at these uh, these pieces of these bats that are laying and scattered across the ground, these little like bones and, and just like pieces of sinew, you see them just like start to almost like those sped up versions of like those terrible movies showing like decomposing animals. Uh, you see this thing just like start to break down and turn into that black dust like right in front of you as you're like looking down at these things um, and kind of like a wind whips by and you see kind of like some of it kind of start to blow away as this thing is disintegrating. Uh, and yeah, it's very similar. The, the bones as well. Yeah, the bones and the sinew, like this thing is just like decomposing in real time, like in super, super sped up time. I wanted a giant bat head for the cart. That was sick. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's happening. Glenn's going to look over to Cosmo. And just, I think they had a bone to pick with you, my friend. Yeah. piss off someone else's giant bird well there's only one bird I generally like tend to piss off but uh they sure did uh, have the thing for me I don't know why but... maybe we uh we keep you in the cart while we're traveling cause I think that big old target that I had on my back is now on squarely on your back so why don't we be I on the lookout what... for well, oh, I, I want to stay in a car. I don't want to get picked up by any birds. Well, it's a good no, thing I... Uh, no one's going to pick you up, Rangrim. It's a good thing I keep that target here on my chest. And he, like, pats, you know, you, generally. You go, pat, you go to pat where it is on your chest, and you realize that one of the talons is actually, like, in like stuck into, like, between piece of your armor. And it's, like, it kind of, like, as you go to pat it, it kind of, like, turns to dust and poofs and kind of blows away. Uh, and you realize that, like, there have been, like, it was clearly very much targeted at that part of you. Oh, yep. I feel like that confirms it. Uh, they was after that thing that Luther tried to warn us about. <laughs> the thing oh, he Brent. said that we shouldn't carry and it would make things come after us and he should hold on to it, but you insisted. Well, yeah. What? What could go wrong? Well, let me get that for you. I'm just going to put my hand on his armor and cast mending and just fix it and walk back to the cart and mutter something about how this quest is stupid and, like, just <laughs> stuff under his breath. Uh, Glenn's gonna kind of follow Rangrim and be like, hey, man, if it wasn't if it wasn't for us, that'd be going after Tin Town. We gotta keep that place safe, right? And just hops into the cart and starts, like, calm say, down. You got a point there. And Cologne. But, um... And Rangrim's gonna take that, uh, like, the the manacles that I was using as, like, a bowl in air, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put it on my belt and attach it to the side of the cart so stuff can't pick me up off the cart. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I made a, I'm making a seat belt. I was going to say, you invented seat belts. Congrats. That's amazing. <laughs> I like it. Um, awesome. So initially you all were looking for a place to camp. Uh, do you all want to try to see if, uh, roll me some survival checks and see if you can, uh, if do you want to stay here, or do you want to try to travel through the night? You all are kind of deep in the woods right now. Yeah, we were looking like at dusk, correct? Like was, it was, yeah. yeah, it was. You guys were actively looking for a place to sleep uh, when this happened. And we're to, or we're past Whitport, so we're kind of on the right cusp of Von yeah. Herslach. Would we? Would the trail have passed? By, like, would we have seen that outcropping of water? I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of where the yeah. road goes along, right? It just follows around the lock. Yeah, you you passed that at like you were kind of 
as the sun was going down, you were kind of going around that. So now at this point, you've like raced forward and are probably like a good hundred feet uh, into the woods, maybe like, you know, you're probably at like an hour past where that, uh, that outcropping was. Okay. Gotcha. We're at that. Okay. We're like by that cropping of forest. Yeah. Cool. You've, you've, you've started going South now at this point, uh, like kind of South down through that, those woods. Uh, so Glenn would say, well, boys, I think we, uh, might still need to set up camp, but I think we should try to get back to at least close to the main road, have eyes on the main road. So we're not in case we do have to get up and go early. We're, we're not really confused about where we are. What do you guys think about that? Well, given the uh, the wings on those two, it doesn't seem to matter where we camp. Well, well, I think maybe closer to the road in case we need to leave abruptly might not be too too bad of an idea, but maybe in the trees at least. Yeah, a little tree coverage is a good idea. I agree. All right. And I start leading the horses or the donkey okay. mule combination towards... An outcropping that's like kind of tree covered, um, but within maybe like a 10, 20 foot visual of the road, just so like in case we need to start booking it, we can. Sounds good. Uh, roll me survival checks, all of you. <laughs> I've never rolled a good survival check in this game. Nine total. Mm, good. 20. I'm, not, I'm doing pretty all right with the survival check. Oh, that's without Bobby's. Oh, that's sorry. Bobby's is uh, saving to us. Yes. So yes, 20. A three. Okay, wonderful. Um, <laughs> Rangrim, uh, these these two are uh, just like seemingly like not proficient at all with trying to find like these campsites. <laughs> they're they're like looking around. Glenn's getting Glenn and Cosmo with getting like very frustrated. They're like, there should be like some sort of opening a little bit closer. And like you're kind of just like sitting there and you just kind of like look to the side. And you're just like <laughs> there's one just like right there, but behind these trees uh, that seems to be completely uh, going right over their heads, uh, and you're able to point that out. And you can find that this there's just like this little clearing. It doesn't seem like it was actually has been used as a campsite before. There's not like a uh, you know campfire or anything like that. No old moldy tents this time. It's just like mm-hmm. a natural clearing within the trees uh, that you're able to pull uh, the cart into, and it's probably a good like I'll say maybe like a thirty like 30 foot opening within these trees and you can see like like through the trees out to the road uh and it's yeah you just are able to like set up camp in this like little opening that's maybe like 20 feet off the road at this point so as we're setting up camp and like we park the cart glenn looks over the guys kind of excited he's like hey i don't know if you guys realize but our cart's kind of been upgraded and he begins to like unfold and basically what glenn has done in his free time with the cart is he's turned oh, no. the top canopy into like one of those campers that like shoots a canopy out and like stakes down and then like throws all the big heavy pillows out. So we have this like rain covered tent. That's just off oh, my the God. forge. And like, as you look at the forge, it's like the forge on the right side towards the front of the cart and towards the left is like just a full scale wall of items that could be sold. So it's like this little shop camping mm-hmm. environment all-in-one amazing. Uh, amazing 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 um yeah that, so that's pretty okay. fancy there uh glenn or rangrim whoever fixed this up hey, uh, i'm not gonna I'm not gonna just slum it because i'm you know out and about you gotta have the nicer things in life and then what? takes out one of this uh, a very small billow it's like a pops version of a billow but just like condensed and starts heating up some tea uh can i make one request on the next uh, upgrade What's that? A bed. So oh, the big well, pillows are for. They're about your size. I got something for you. 
I was going to do something else because I didn't know he did all this. And um, I'm just going to go to any. I'm assuming there's one or two trees that have like fallen, like dead oh, yeah. somewhere. I'm going to cast Fabricate on him, and it just makes a king size bed for Cosmo. Oh my god! Because as long as there's <laughs> raw material, I can just bamf <laughs> can things. You, is it? Is it just a, a tree shaped or a bed like a, a bed shaped uh, tree? I, it's I can just make things out of raw material that fit in a ten by ten cube, or eight consecutive soft? five it can, foot. It cube. can change like. Uh, you can materials. like change it into a different material, or you just make it into a tree-shaped bed or bed-shaped. Like he's tree. making like a cot, and then with all the blankets uh, and pillows that I have, I see. Turn it uh, yeah, so I'm making. But I mean, we're talking. Yes. This is like four-poster, real fancy bed. It looks real nice, and then me and Glenn are putting twisting. pillows on it. Yeah, I yeah. can't <laughs> wait for. I can't wait for someone else to stumble onto this. Yeah, like, we're this leaving clearing. that behind. Right? Right? Oh yeah, that's staying. <laughs> Like I was actually going to fabricate a like ten by ten one like one bedroom bed. like hotel room. Oh my god! Like a ten by ten cabin, and then you busted out the camper. So it's like, well, Cosmo gets his Amazing. own fancy bed now. Hey, the camper Amazing. can be just for sale selling. Glenn is happy to have a roof. Amazing. Okay, so um, so as far as uh, like, are you guys making a fire or anything of that sort, or are you just kind of like roughing it for the night? Aside from the fact that you're now glamping. Uh, currently, uh, there is a small again. There's a, a miniature billow making hot tea. That's the only source of heat that Glenn's concerned about. Okay. Um, is anything else? Anyone else doing anything to prepare before we start? You know, basically two people start doing the watch. Uh, Glenn would take the end of his night to just bring um, Poe back. Okay. And like once he poofs into existence, be like, look. He didn't mean it. It was probably just an accident. You guys can work it out later. You you did wake him up. That was kind of rude. Like it's it's just it is how it is. And then I just throw him off into the trees. He just flies away, and he's awesome. circling. Ranger, are you doing anything? Ranger would just be taking his uh, evening rather normally. However, he's dressing down, but you know, having a little bit of dignity because he doesn't have his own bedroom. Like back at the the Legend Hall, he's just wearing his blacksmith apron. Awesome. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you've he has grown as an individual. Mm. <laughs> yes. Cosmo, what are you doing? Um, I was just looking. I don't think there's anything um, that he wants to do. Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, so then, who is taking the watch? I assume Glenn. Yeah, I, I'm happy to for the first one. Okay, awesome. Roll me a perception check with advantage. So the first, it's six hours, right? Uh, yes. And then, Rangrim, you're only wearing your uh, blacksmith's apron? Yep, I like to air out my uh, bits. Where do you put your shield? Um, It's right here, and I'm going to use the magnetic ring to just call it to me. Uh, I'm not asking. I am. <laughs> while you were asleep, where do you put your shield? Um, I, can, I can roll for it to see where. I, if oh, I so you it. can steal it. Um, uh, I'm gonna do something to it. <laughs> it would probably just be. It would be near me while I'd be sleeping. Probably I just off to one side with my armor near it, like leaned up against the rest of my pack or things on okay. one side. Um, I'll roll the perception check in a second. But in the middle of the night, I would like to, with my mage hand. Uh, pull out three of those sleep mushrooms and attach them very carefully to the handle and kind of out of sight of his shield. 
So I want to tie them to the inside of his handle. So when he grabs them, it's going to squeeze all the powder and effectively mm. blast him in the face with the sleep spell. Okay. Um, Hopefully nothing attacks us in the middle of the night. Roll me a uh, uh, roll me a <laughs> sleight of hand and a stealth. With Fight advantage. advantage of okay. Yeah, a, stel- or a sleight of hand without advantage and then stealth with advantage because he's sleeping. Got it. So the stealth is a uh, 26. Okay. The sleight of hand is a 16. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I think that you're able to uh, pull that off. Uh, the the tie is like you have to you do it kind of haphazardly, so you don't know like exactly how well you get it tied onto there. But you feel like it's it's enough that it's it's going to do the job. Uh, you kind of like tied a little bit too tight at one point, and you're like it kind of poofs out a little bit, and you have to like take your face sure. away from it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's totally uh, totally fine. So uh, roll me your oh, uh, roll me your perception. So after he does that, Glenn just like sleep tight, rang rim, and just like sneaks back over. <laughs> um, I'm gonna roll for Poe as well because he's circling. Right? Yeah. Okay. So if you're gonna roll for him separately, I was just gonna say you could roll with advantage. On the, oh, are, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll roll. I'm happy to roll with advantage. Yeah, go for it. Uh, tight. Uh, that is a 26 total, but that's a natural 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, you you get through your watch without any kind of problems at all. Uh, you can just hear. You know, the sounds of the forest, uh, it doesn't sound unnaturally quiet. It just sounds normal. Uh, you can hear, like, the water, uh, like, in the distance. So, uh, yeah, Rangrim, uh, you, I guess, are you taking the second watch, or Cosmo, are you taking the second watch? Um, I can take it. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to leave Rangrim sleeping through the night so he doesn't accidentally grab a shield. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cosmo. Only on third watch. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> well, there, there's only going to be two watches. Uh, to oh, get okay. The night. That'd be 14 uh, hours, right? Or 12 at uh, 10 hours, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, roll me a perception there, Cosmo. Perception. Oh, right. Ah, oh, crap. This is why I don't take watches. <laughs> I don't perceive things well. But here we go. Oh, yeah, that's part for the course. Um, oh, it's an 11. Oh. Awesome. Cosmo, you are... Uh, you take over for Glenn, who goes into his... Uh, eyes wide open uh <laughs> just the creepiest thing underneath his new palanquin that he's made on attached to your cart and you're you're sitting there and you're you're, you're feeling comfortable you're feeling uh you know kind of a little bit groggy feeling like you uh you know kind of listening to the sounds of all your friends sleeping and you make it through most of the night and it kind of like gets to the point where like it the sun is like you can tell it's getting early morning the sun is not up yet but you can just like tell it's getting getting there like it's, it's going to be morning probably within an hour or so like the sun will actually be up mm-hmm. And then you hear this kind of like, what sounds like someone kind of like the sound of like boots kind of like thudding against a, like a, a tree, um, just kind of like against a hard surface. And then you hear someone just take like a long pole off of like a pipe or something like that. And you turn to see that there is a figure that's sitting on the cart and they are their feet are up on it. Their feet are like legs are kind of like crossed, and they're uh, they have these boots on, and they're taking a pull off a pipe. And you can see this like that's the only light you can see is their face is kind of illuminated by this uh, this tobacco like kind of lighting up, and they let out this like big smoke cloud. And this figure you see is wearing I'll, the only way I can describe them as far as what they're wearing is very like kind of western uh bounty hunter kind of look and like leather kind of road worn leather uh 
jacket with a uh, with kind of like leather pants that have like these kind of straps and belts attached to it. Um, their shirt seems to be this kind of like maroon and silken material that's kind of reflecting the moonlight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're wearing like a kind of like a not like a wide brimmed hat, but definitely like a you know a, a western esque hat. Their face is uh, their darker skinned complexion. You can see that they're they have like short cropped white hair and seem to have a uh, like an eye patch over one of their eyes. And uh, they just kind of take this pipe, this pull off this pipe, and uh, look over at you and go, "Well, now it's uh, seemed like we uh, we finally have uh, uh, finally found you all. What do you all go by now? Put down here the the trihals or something? I hope maybe it's a uh, Cosmo and the Slayers. What do you uh, you know, y'all need to work on your branding a little bit. I think. Um, with him like spooking me, I hear this voice. Um, and I turn and I cast hold person on him. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> go for uh, it. But he has to make a save. Uh, you go to cast hold person on this uh, this person, and uh, hold person does not work. Um, it just doesn't work. Like it's not. I'm not. I'm not DM bullshitting you here. It just doesn't. Like you go to cast hold person works on people, uh, and this thing just doesn't. There's not no targets. It doesn't. There's no target to actually cast this on. Uh, it blasts right through them. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, right. It goes through them. I see that. It goes, it goes through them. Okay. Uh, seeing that, uh, Cosmos just is like, "Well, you should uh, not spook and come up and sneak up on people like that before you want to talk to me about me branding. I'll brand your face with me X." Well, uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's a, kind of the sort of way we want to start off this uh, conversation. Why don't you all make, wait, maybe wake up your, uh, some of your friends so we can have uh, ourselves just a little bit of a talk, huh? Well, that, we can talk, but, you know, just spooking people in the middle of the night. What did you expect? Um, he starts, uh, he's, he kind of like, you see him like take another pull off his pipe and just kind of do this like smirk as he's doing it. And then he just takes his boot and just starts slamming it down onto the cart, making like this loud thumping noise, uh, which I assume rouses at the very least Glenn and then uh, Ranger. If you want to roll me a perception check, uh, perception with Cosmos, that's a twenty-three. Okay, uh, you also wake up to the sound of thudding, a thudding boot on the uh, kind of hollow wood of the cart. And you see this figure kind of sitting there in the the rising sun uh, that's kind of peeking over the trees now illuminating this figure that I've described. Rangrim would kind of like hop to being startled and like dart away from the cart like a few feet still just in his smith's robes. But I, who are you? And he's going to immediately summon his shield to his left hand as a spellcasting focus would be the first thing he would do if he was being startled. And I'm assuming that just triggers all the sleep mushrooms. (laughs) I applaud it, you, sir. It does. Uh, Glenn, do you have those stats in front of you for what the sleep mushrooms do? I do. So roll three constitution saving throws. Oh, jeez. And I'll tell you. Well, you just ask. one for each of the mushrooms? Yeah. Uh, con saves. I'm good on those, though. Yeah. Well, plus that con- one's in, that one's the, a- right off the bat. I rolled a nine, so I don't think. Uh, it's plus four if you're. Oh, plus four. So that'd be a 13. And I think that you probably, since it's a poison, you would have advantage for being a dwarf, I believe. 
Is it a poison? Um, it says a, it it's advantage is... against poison, oh. as in like the poison condition or being poisoned. Ah, uh, gotcha. Then no. Like poison damage. Yeah, no. So yeah, the um, and I'm sorry, that was not a nine. It was actually an eight. So even with Cosmos thing, it's only a 12. Yeah, you're asleep. So I'm like, hey, you, what, what's going on here? Some of my shield, boom, boom, face down, like in the mud. I'm assuming you can see like my dwarf butt. Just like I'm like face down. <laughs> well, uh, Glenn just starts seems... laughing. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe it worked. Um, like, Cos- did Cosmo see this like cloud of mushroom? Like, Oh yeah, it's like a, a purple poop. He just, poof, and then he just collapses into the ground, face uh, down, goes, well, that uh, that was not my intention at all. Uh, Cosmo, <laughs> Cosmo, thinking that it was this bean, was like, "You best, you you best start talking." Oh my, uh, Cosmo, Cosmo, it's, it's it's good. That was that was me. I did that last night. That wasn't this guy. Although I do agree, you probably should start talking. Who are you? He's uh, he's just kind of chuckling to himself, and he uh, he kind of stands up, and as he does, you can see that. Um, really interesting actual equipment on this person. So aside from the fact that they're you know, wearing this kind of Western bounty hunter attire, uh, they seem to like across on these different belts that they're wearing, you see uh, a long sword, a dagger, and then also what looks like a multitude of wands that are kind of at least three to four that are on one side uh, set up like, think like how, uh, you know, revolvers would be, but they're like basically multitude of wand handles that are on this person's hip. Um now y'all have uh, been making quite a quite a stir down here. Uh, finally reached the ears of my my esteemed benefactor, and well, I figured it was maybe it's time to come meet you and say hello. Uh, Glenn is going to be casting Mage Hand and smacking Rangrim awake. You picked uh, you picked a really bad time to come say hello. Well, I do apologize, but uh, it's uh, seldom that I run into a group where two out of the three of them have uh, as high of prices on their heads as y'all do. Two prices. out of three of us. Which one's the poor one? Clearly well, I'll let me. You, I'll let you all decide that for yourself. I don't want to give away everything uh, right off the bat, but don't worry you little heads about it. I, my, myself and uh, my benefactor haven't taken on your contracts as of yet, so at least not at this time. Well, that's lucky for you, or your skull might be next. He's just he just laughs again and takes another pull off of his uh off of his thing goes, Well, you got a you got quite a mouth on you, little one. Uh would be a shame to see that just uh shut permanently, wouldn't it? And uh Cosmo just is like not feeling it and he's just like, Come get it. And you see the like spark like the crackle in his uh weapon. At this point, Glenn is just like waking up Rangrim because he's just recognizing that this <laughs> is not so Rangrim just face down snoring in mud. I imagine just like a mud puddle that's like bubbling around his face. <laughs> yeah, because it's like the sleep. Like you, I, I can wake you up. So whenever you're ready to come to, but I'm just like, oh, you can. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like okay. death sleep. This is just puts you to sleep. So realizing that he's not making it very far with talking to Cosmo and doesn't seem to be getting annoyed at this point, at least not visually, but he starts addressing uh, Glenn as you're kind of waking Rangrim up and goes, maybe you, uh, maybe you're a little bit smarter than your friend over here. My benefactor is interested in talking to you all. Thinks that it could be an equitable partnership. And to be honest, I was, uh, till, uh, well, till I saw your, your friend passed himself out there. I was uh, curious to see what y'all could, you know, were capable of as well. 
Well, if you think that's cool, I can do a lot of other things than just pass myself out on occasion. I totally know how I did that. <clears throat> and he like coughs and like there's like dirt coming out of his mouth. Yeah, we um, uh I'm glad to know we've I guess made somewhat of a name for ourselves, but your your benefactor sounds a lot like a previous consult that we might have run into. So we're all just a little bit on edge right now. You mind uh, maybe provide some information besides being this dark brune character that just turned up in the middle of a campsite? I would be I would be more than happy to uh, provide you a little bit of details. Maybe a name. I'm, sh- I'm sure that you've heard of my benefactor before, especially you know someone who's been running down in the uh, the gray or dark circles of the uh, undergrounds of society. If you all ever find yourself down by Goldbreak, you should uh, stop on in. Uh, the Baron would love to say hello. Glenn, roll me a history check with advantage. Uh, happy to. I don't think Cosmo does. Cosmo doesn't. I don't but think, I feel like I, think... I know that name for some reason. And I have we heard it in this story? I don't think so. Okay. Just uh, Glenn got a ten with advantage. Okay, Glenn, you have not worked with the Baron. You've not worked with this figure, um, but you absolutely know of them. Uh, they are the most notorious uh, crime lords in all of Sakal. Um, and it seems like they kind of have their hands in everything. You don't know who they are. You don't know much about them. Uh, but this name is very familiar to you. And he continues and goes, if you ever find yourself down in Goldbrick, you, uh, you be sure to look me up. My name is, uh, you can call me Zephyr. And I'll be more than happy to introduce you to my benefactor. Like he said, like I said, he has a curiosity to whether or not you all could, you know, do some do some work together but he also is someone who doesn't like to sorry i did not mean to gender them they do not like to be kept waiting so maybe sooner rather than later you find your way down there otherwise you might have to think again about whether or not we take on those contracts and i for one would hate to come back and for this to be a a different situation that time around well, what, what uh, contract there's no one going to explain to me why I just woke up in the middle of this. What is happening? What contract? Well, you know, I would love to hang out here all night, but it seems that the uh, the sun is coming up. And when it comes to contracts, I'm not going to tell you who. I'll let that be a little bit of a fun guessing game between the three of you. But two of you have made some powerful enemies, it seems. Uh, the different reasons, interesting ones to, to boot, and the ones that want this... This want you all dead. It is, it is quite a curiosity, but I will say that we may not be collecting on these, but I cannot say that there are not going to be some others that are, are going to look the other way with the amounts that they are bandying about. So I would definitely keep your heads on a swivel because, you know, I think that maybe y'all could use, use some more friends than enemies. It seems like this time. You know, we keep hearing that a lot. We need more friends and enemies, and it sounds like, well, you're threatening me, and I'm hearing nothing but my apron, and I mean, you should see the stuff that's tried to kill me lately. And, like, some, some like, real smooth-talking smooth guy sitting on my cart, like, smoking a pipe. I'm sorry. It's not really doing the whole mysterious stranger intimidation thing for me. 
So you can tell this Mr. Effector, Ben, whatever his name is, that um, I'm not too uh, worried about it. And um, you have a good night, sir. I'm going back to bed. Uh, he likes to go by Benjamin Factor, actually. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Factor. Um, uh, as as Ram's trying to finish that up and nodding off, Glenn's like, uh, Zeph, you mind taking a, a quick little walk with me? I, I feel like there's more to be discussed here. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but dwarves don't like being spooked. And Glenn starts like walking towards Zephyr. Okay. He, Zephyr. He, uh, he, yeah, he, he kind of like seems a little bit intrigued. Uh, roll me a uh, persuasion check. Uh, not bad. Not great. 11. Okay. I think that's enough. Uh, so he kind of like his eyes follow you as you walk past the cart into the woods and he kind of sits there for a minute and then stands up and just kind of like, walks off the backside of the cart away from Cosmo and Rangrim. When he uh, and... moves, do I notice any like shimmering or apparition to his movement? Like roll I did an arcana a... check to see if he's Yeah, roll me an arcana real? check. Oh, wow. Terrible. Uh, doesn't even matter. A five total. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't notice anything. Um, it seems, seems normal. Um, he's able to quickly kind of... Uh, catch up with you with a kind of his long, longer stride. Um, yeah, it's just, you, you can, there's a taller, taller gentleman, even taller than you. Uh, and just kind of like, not a, like a, as lean, but build as you like, just definitely like, this is not someone you would want to mess around with even on a physical fight. Um, and he's just kind of walking, uh, maybe like five feet, uh, away from you and has his, uh, kind of hand, uh, just kind of like casually, uh, on his, uh, on his belt on the side with all the wands and, uh, goes, now, what would you uh? No, what would you like to? What would you like to discuss with old Zephyr? Well, it's not every day you have uh someone coming to you on behalf of the Baron themselves. I mean, that seems pretty unique. Uh, well, this... Not not every day that uh you know I see uh, two contracts uh, traveling together come across my desk uh, at the same time, especially for two very different and very uh, intriguing reasons. Oh, I mean, among professionals like ourselves. You think there might be an opportunity to maybe share those contracts maybe there's there's a purse i can put in front of it before you know it, oh, you it comes to collect us you planning on cutting a yo cutting your own head off uh plan on paying some gold to make sure it doesn't happen good to know that i'm one of those two contracts though i appreciate that well between you and me uh where where this is coming down from uh, and where this is uh the amount that's there uh I don't know that you're going to be able to uh, pay this off without uh, without skin and blood. Well, I mean, you could tell by my two little dwarven friends were happy to provide in that criteria. Maybe try to find something a little more amicable. I'm not sure that the Baron necessarily has the skill set. He might, they might, to uh, close off a bounty at this level. But I have a feeling that regardless of what we do for the Baron, this bounty's not going away unless it was the Baron themselves that's holding this contract for us. Well, the Baron has a, is a powerful, powerful individual has the ability to, you know, protect and shield and maybe make this thing, uh, maybe not go away, but, uh, you know, there are other more amicable solutions that we could come to. But as of this time, don't see any reason why he would. I mean, I, I can't necessarily disagree with that. And I don't really have a reason to want to trust the Baron. We both know the type of work that he does. I've seen his work, their work, both positive and negative. I know he can uh, really speak for the, the smaller man, but I also know that he's uh, made people disappear when he wants to. So 
his his reputation's not lost on the group, but I need to know what our timeline is for agreeing to that contract because we have something to take care of out west, and I don't see us all of a sudden turning high and making our way all the way back to goal break if it's you know not of of good reason. We've like they said, we've been attacked plenty. It's not like we can't defend ourselves until we get back to gold break, but what's the timeline for this 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 deal in gold break with the Baron? Well, uh, I'm happy to take a, take across your your intentions to the Baron. So if you give me your word that you're gonna be heading down to gold break and wanting to look us up and potentially, you know, throw on in with the Baron and come and meet them face to face. Seems like maybe we could buy you some time. I'm happy to do so. So any idea is that your this, intention? Any idea what this uh, request might be from the Baron? I'll let them tell you that face to face. But as long as you intend to come down there and you give me your word, and I tell you and I warn you what, you don't want to break that word because I will come back. And when I do, it's not going to be a, this kind of happy walking through the woods meeting that we're having right now. I'll be honest. I didn't realize that uh, this was such a tense moment. I thought we were just two acquaintances getting to know each other, but good, good to know there's a different energy to it. We'll let, uh, let the Baron know once we're, we've handled what we need to out West. We'll, I'll, I'll happily swing back through and I'm guessing I can't just walk up to the gates of gold break and ask for the Baron. So you gotta, you gotta lead for us or that kind of on us to figure out. I'll make sure that, uh, you know, we're going to be keeping eyes on you. So how about we'll be ones to reach out and we'll, we'll see you coming. And uh, he takes a, a like long drag off of his uh, pipe and uh, just kind of as he exhales, it seems like this figure is almost pulled into the smoke that is exhaled, kind of like blowing around you and like, it's almost like they turn like kind of turn into smoke and like kind of poof out in this, uh, this smoke cloud that like kind of envelops you. And then as it disperses, uh, Zephyr is gone. Roll me an arcana check. Cause I want to see I whether or not if I know what that magic is. Yes. Oh, nat 20 for uh 23 total. Oh, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Keyboard. So I will say this, you understand this to be, especially because you're so familiar with it, you understand this to be illusion magic. Um, you also understand it to be short range illusion magic. Yep. So I don't know whether my next question. I don't know whether or not you're happy or uh, unhappy to know that this figure is at least within a certain distance of you. Uh, they are not a bajillion miles away. They are they to cast this spell, like they were they are within a, a certain distance of you. So Poe, who is actively in the air, is gonna do a scan to see if they see him. Cool. Uh, they do not. I just 17 a, plus something or other. I just rolled a knack 20 on myself. Ah. So uh, Poe po flying around, uh, you know, it's trying to, you know, I don't know whether you're looking through their eyes or whatnot, but uh, they are not able to see anything uh, within the trees or without. Well, Glenn walks back to the camp and just kind of looks at the guys like, well, looks like we'll be making a stop in gold break soon. Let's uh, keep heading west and just starts to pack up the, the, the cart. I guess, but why am I so tired? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was... Uh, what happened? Like, I didn't fall asleep. But I, I thought I woke up, and then I fell asleep again. Yeah. I, I, was, I had a weird dream. I think you just kind of dreamt that you were awake, you know? You, like, got to school, and you... It was, like, remember those mushrooms that we were, like, walking old? through? All of them... 
and like the horses were getting all messed up and it was like that except cosmo's mom was there and it was a weird dream she yeah. kept making me sandwiches which but i mean how is amy doing is she she okay i mean it was a dream glenn i wasn't really there uh, or, hey man dreams are powerful they speak was to I? us was i really there this ring room just like walks off and black. starts putting his armor on and is like kind of like whoa like his he got a little little tripped out by that yeah, he tripped know. himself out <laughs> i don't know what happened there uh Rangrim. you jumped to me aid and then you passed out in the dirt i hope that i don't make a habit of that well yeah, you know it's wild you do make a habit out of doing things without you knowing well that's well, very true <laughs> Well, come on, that was that only that one time, and then the other one. Right, and then, and then, then the, 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 maybe other the one. third time, the yeah. other other one, but right. what's that, third time's a charm, right? So we're fine, we're fine. Right, there, everything comes in, in threes, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right, well, uh, whatever that thing was, next time he comes around, I'm probably gonna just smash him. That was really... <laughs> He's sneaking up on a dwarf like that. Well, yeah, I could uh, I could comfortably tell you that he was not actually here. He was he was close, but he wasn't right where we were. We uh, should definitely keep a lookout for him. The the benefactor he speaks of is one that I've intentionally avoided doing work with for lots of reasons. So, the Baron wants to see us. The Baron's going to see us, just whether or not we're alive or dead. So, I feel like we'll be making a trip to Gold Break sometime soon. Well, and it sends like whatever. We do, in the meantime, two of us are high-profile individuals. I found out one of them is me, so my ego is perfect. Feeling good. Oh, that, that, that makes sense. It wouldn't have been Cosmo, so it's probably me. Well, it doesn't... I can't imagine why somebody want me head. Usually... I mean, I, you did kill probably someone that might have been tied to, like, some family. All you dwarfs are like really most, connected right? most of the time like cousins now, technically now most of the time i only kill people at this point most things that i've killed have been dead already except cigarette except cigarette and she challenged me and um didn't you kill bongrin who oh no they just thought you did they thought uh, yeah they thought i did i'll and stop then... telling people you killed him too then because that was I, I, that, that was your i remember you didn't it was okay. She killed him, but trying to frame you for convincing framing because I forgot for a while that you didn't actually kill him. No, yeah, Golly convinced you. <laughs> Somebody convinced no, Trey. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think one of the two of you's got a nice bounty, and I'm I'm hoping it's not Cosmo because that would be two big old bullseyes on his back. But what? we need to we need to figure out who put these bounties out because. Mm. Uh, it sounded like it was a number that I couldn't reach, and that's concerning. Well, I definitely couldn't have gotten that high. And uh, start uh, reaching out to some of my connections and a little bit of the underground once we find our way to a, the next major town and see if I can't figure out who put the bounty out for us. Well, now that you know there's a bounty on your head, you'll have to do it quietly. It's a great point. But uh, well, is um any do I would I know any of those um context of yours i think the only one he might have known was joro would, would he like no would he does he uh what uh, uh hanging those so in those circles 
the turn of phrase that you would use for that. Does he know those kinds of people? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Jorah would. I've, I've still know a few more that kind of sprinkle themselves throughout to call made my way over here to the connection with one. So I'll, uh, I'll put out some feelers. I've been trying to avoid gold break because countries tend to talk to each other. So we'll, uh, we'll need to be careful if we ever make our way there. He, he did, uh, try to give us a name. They were really bad names. What, what, did you hear what he said? The tryhards and the, yeah, the, tri- the, the, the tri- Cosmo hard. and the Slayers. What? I, I, I think we've been been getting nicknames. I mean, maybe it's some of Nybarg's work. Maybe maybe they're workshopping some ideas as they travel. But yeah. I mean, for us to have a name like that is kind of silly. I mean, we're not that famous. We're only we're like I guess we're almost heroes. Well, we officially said the title and then also the episode today, so it's very good. Love well, it. Uh, we should come up with a name that is less. Uh, real. What if? What if we actually go with Luther's legends? Especially nobody knows him. That's true. I mean, we could point them back to a small town that probably no one's ever heard of. Well, they won't even know. It's like it doesn't exist. So we sure. just we you know. Hey, we already got the the Browning. I think there's a logo that we could probably copyright and. Start that way. I'm I'm all for it. So we, is that what we're calling ourselves now? We're Luther's legends. It could be Bryn's buddies. <laughs> no one really knows who Bryn is. It sounds a little too gone, fluffy. Gone. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. We got a lot of road ahead. Workshop it. Yeah. It's okay. Um, we can do some branding while we travel. What? So, uh, not to expedite you all. Just looking at the time, but uh, so. If you all get are able to get back out to the road um, and are looking for a town, uh, the closest one on the if you're going trying to head towards the Dusk Forge, trying to find out where that is, the closest one to that would be Rockdale, which is going to be location number 20, 29. Um, mm-hmm. If you wanted to go directly to the coast, uh, that would be that uh, you would head directly to location thirteen, which is Westreach. I think the goal was to head to. You guys want to do Dusk Forge first, correct? Dan, you wanted to learn yeah. about Rangram. Wanted to learn about the. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We'll start looking for signposts and whatnot for Rockdale, I guess. Okay. So you all, it's it's like early morning. Sun's coming up. Uh, you get back out to the road, and you all are heading kind of like south around. Uh, basically, this it kind of separates at this point. It's kind of like heading away from the Von Hurst Lock a lot, like almost toward through this like little valley between the two uh, forests that are flanking you on either side. And so you're this 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 kind of like wide pathway is heading that way. Um, you all head like you all travel like for like the better part. Um, of the day and I'll say that it's probably like early afternoon uh, when roll me uh, roll me perception checks uh, all of you or I can just use uh, the passives too well, two 14s for a gentleman's 20 I was going to tell you to shoot wait. my passive but I rolled and it was a 15 uh, okay. wait did you say with advantage Oh, uh, I thought he said. Oh, because he, he never mind. He rolled twice. That's all. Okay. Thick. Okay. Mm, well, mm. the cosmonauts. That's really the good. Co- Ooh. Uh, I like all of them end up being cosmocentric. Though. Yeah, that's. I don't really want it. That's personally, I don't want it to be centered around him. Cosmonauts is just. 
Um, too good. But uh, it's my perception is a, a 13. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'll say that those are all pretty good. Um, you all are heading down this path, and uh, I, the reason that you're able to see it is because, like, you start hearing this. Uh, Glenn, I think you hear it first because you're of your enhanced hearing. You start hearing this kind of, like, high, like, kind of high-pitched uh, yelling of this kind of, like, this voice uh, just kind of seems like further down the path and you can see that there is like some sort of kind of rectangular form that seems to be kind of like partially in the ground and the the dirt path, uh, like clay path, kind of like half a mile or a quarter mile away down the path seems to be kind of like uh, almost like a liquid. And this like rectangular, like cart-like form seems to be almost being swallowed up by this uh, by the actual path itself, and uh, you can hear someone yelling. Um, let's say Rangroom's maybe driving the cart. Go, uh, Rangroom, we need to we need to kick it into overdrive. Get Champagne and Cologne going. We got someone in trouble in front of us, and I think they're being eaten by the road. So, do well, that. What do you mean? Now the road's trying to kill us too. I think oh. everything's just trying to kill us these days. But oh, someone needs our help. Are you all heading further down, getting closer? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you kick it into full uh, full donkey speed ahead, and uh, you you head towards this cart. You you see this extremely like ornamental cart, like super like this palanquin. Like someone spent a lot of money on this thing. When you get closer to it, you're noticing like the ground itself is like literally rippling. This like clay pathway is like this clay road is like rippling, and is this cart is like like maybe two-thirds of the way covered and you see like this person wearing these like extremely posh clothing there they have like kind of like white hair and they are like a of a voluptuous size uh this this person they are they are smaller in stature i think make maybe like a gnome but they are about they seem to be as about as wide as they are uh tall and uh, they are a thick thick boy and sticking their head out of the window and just a Help me! Help me! Uh, as uh, you can also see that their their donkeys and their horses are like underneath. Like you can just see the back ends of some of these things. You can also see legs and other like pieces of like like not pieces of people, but like people that are like mostly completely covered uh, by this ground and then sucked into the ground. Like literally legs standing up. And then as you're looking at this thing and you're getting a little bit closer, you see part of the road. This like like lift itself up and kind of form a like torso and like head and arms and just kind of like raise itself up around this palanquin and you see this uh kind of noble figure looking up at it in in terror and that's where we're going to end the episode tonight uh fuck it's just a road mimic if you guys have never yeah just a it's just a mimic nice that sounds awful that sounds terrible (laughs) sounds weird mostly that'll be fine (laughs) 